Welcome to the Hope Elam Podcast. We are a diverse church in the heart of Des Moines, seeking to bring God's kingdom as we live more like Jesus. We hope that what you're about to hear points you to Jesus Christ. Know that we're praying for you and look forward to connecting with you soon. Have you come with great expectation this morning? Amen. Are you seeking after something from the Lord? You know, it is possible that we can get in our cars, drive over, wade through breakfast or not, pick a space, choose a space, and really have no expectation. But I wonder if we might increase what we're looking for this morning, that we would just be open and available. Because when, when, the word of God, when the Spirit of God falls like it just did, it makes our hearts soft. And allows the word to really go deeper. And so we can just stay open, amen. I mean, whatever it is that uh, might be a distraction later, we're going to let that be a distraction later. But as for right now, amen, we're going to be present and available. Can I just say this? Um, and I tried to speak life into Bridges to Harmony this morning. And I just want to speak this over our church family and all of our visitors and all the folks who are under the sound of my voice. And sometimes it's best to be simple because the Bible says that the simple confounds the wise. Sometimes the easier, the better, then we can grab hold of it. Can you just receive this word, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what your situation is like, is that God is our refuge? I mean, he's got us covered, that there's nothing that will catch him by surprise, that he is omnipotent, that he's got all power in his hands. Can we accept the fact that whatever you need and whatever you've been looking for, that he's omniscient, he already knows? Can you just allow God, the God who says that um, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. So anything we need, God's got it. He's got a cattle on a thousand hills that we serve a God that has everything that we need. He is our refuge. Amen. Some, somebody, maybe you're feeling like you've been exposed, that, that you're in danger, that there's a situation that you don't know how it's going to turn out. And you've come to church maybe with an expectation, but maybe not. And I want you to know that God's word will never return void. In Psalm 46.1, he says, I am, he says, God is our refuge. But he's also our strength. Even when you think you can't make it anymore. Even when you think you've done all you can do. And you get tired, and you get weak, and you don't know how you make it. Can I just say that God is our strength? He says he's our rock. Like, like when no one else can show up and to meet the need, God is able to meet that need. He'll give you the strength to endure. There is something about Hope Elam enduring. There's something about staying the course. We find strength. In each other, when we just keep getting up, we just keep going and allow God to keep being God. But then he says, not only is he our refuge, not only is he our strength, our rock, but he says he's a present help 
in the time of trouble. Jerry, that means he is right here, right now. So help me out. Right here? No, no, no. Right here? I don't know what's going on out there. It's a nice day, but right here? He is ready, present, and available. God says, look, I am here. Though I sit high, I look low. He says, I know your frame. Every hair on your head is numbered. God says, I know you because you belong to me. So as we prepare our hearts and our minds just to receive the word of God, did did y'all hear that passage of scripture? Murder and kill and anger. Can we be open and let God be God? Amen? Amen. God, we love you this morning. We thank you. God, you don't make mistakes. God, we asking for a rhema. God, a specific word. Jesus, that one who came this morning. Been praying about that situation. That one who don't know how it's going to turn out. That one, God, family that is going through in disarray. God, can you just touch the heart, open the mind, let the listening ear be attentive to your word. God, speak. The preaching of the gospel is to some foolishness, but unto those who are saved, it is the power of God. God, I pray now that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would prove to be acceptable in thy sight. God, you are our strength and our redeemer. God, we recognize you. We see you. El Elyon, God, you're the most high God. God, we see you, God. You are El Shaddai. And God, we know that you have all power in your hands. So now, meet us here in this place. You're faithful. We thank you for the for the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit. Keep us now. Rock us. Hold us close. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. 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 So we've been, we've been grappling. We, we've been lifting up the word of God in the Ten Commandments and allowing God to show us, to unpack for us more of what the Ten Commandments mean. And so one of the things that is very clear, though there were 613 different kinds of laws, God gave us the top 10. But even in the top 10, one of the things we got to know is that he boiled it down to one, some say two, but let's just say, okay, one and two. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. We got that? And then the second one is enlightening to the first. And then we have to love our neighbor as ourselves. Keep that in mind. Because I believe everything that God has given us is part of his love for us. When we look at the Ten Commandments and all the rules and all the laws and all the precepts and all the principles, it's like you can't do this and you can't do that. God says, can you just love? And everything that he's given us is because of his love for us. We learned the repetition. So look, in the first commandment, we learned that it was God who said that, first of all, he says, I am that I am. He said, can you just love me for who I am? God said, look, I am 
that I am, but I am also the one who brought you out of Egypt. I'm also the one who brought you out of bondage. Has God ever brought you out of something? Okay. So as we were getting to the first commandment, God says, because I love you so much, I don't want you to love any other God. God says, because I love you so much, I will have no other gods before me. Then we said, okay. God says, because I love you, he said, don't take on my name in vain. If you're going to say that you're going to be a child of God, if you're going to use my name, use my name with worth and value. So don't just bow down to graven images. Don't bow down to any other God. Don't take my name sake in vain. Then we went on and Minister Bonnie Williams, who gave us a earth-shattering, amazing, felt it in my core prayer during the appreciation. So thank you, Bonnie. But Minister Williams reminded us, and remember the Sabbath. We get so busy running around. Listen, if we let it, we'll just go from one calendar day to the next. And, and some of us have our calendars filled up all the way through, not only next week, but the week after that. And we end the cycle that some things repeat in our lives before you know it. There is no room for God. We have, we have scheduled him out. Bonnie reminded us, remember the Sabbath. God says, find some time and come sit with me. Come, come spend some time. Come just be silent with me. Come and just be in my presence. God says, look, I love you so much. It's not like you're going to get it all done anyway in the six days I gave you, so rest in the seven. Then we, we, we moved on, and Pastor John, uh, John, I'm honored to be in partnership with you, with this body. Pastor John, last week, he said, because God knows relationships. He, as a loving father, he understands what it is to have a son. And so God, he told the children of Israel, it's important. Honor your father and your mother. John showed us the importance of a culture of honor last week. That one comes with a promise because if you honor your father and your mother, he said that you will have long days in the land. It's going to be good for you. That's the first four. Now we're on ch- number five. I believe this is still a part of God's love letter. God is telling us, look, don't hurt each other. I don't want you to cause any harm. I don't want you to physically or mentally or spiritually or emotionally. Don't hurt each other. I love you so much. I want to spend all my time with you, but I want you to spend time with each other and don't harm each other. If we're not careful, Hope Elon, we'll spend all this time thinking, Shantese, that we're talking about only the premeditation of murder. God says, I've given you all these laws as a hedge so that we can have a hedge over our lives so that there's guardrails. But you know what? Listen, wave at me if you don't know that you shouldn't kill somebody. Come on, we all, so the, the sermon, well, you shouldn't kill anybody. So the sermon really is just don't do it. We can go home. Like, is anybody unclear about thou shalt not kill? No. So if that's what all it was, it's time to go. Right before our text, in Matthew 5, 17, Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy the law. 
I, I didn't come to eradicate it. I didn't come to abolish it. I didn't come that we might not follow the law. In fact, not one jot or tittle shall pass away before the earth passes away. All of it will be fulfilled. What God did say, what Jesus did say is that I didn't come to abolish it. I came to fulfill it. And in fulfilling it, he's going to explain it. He's going to open it up. He's going to give us even more intent. So we don't, don't shut down that thou shalt not kill. Jesus goes on to tell us it's deeper than that. He says to us, look, he says, everything that is involved with killing somebody is going to start with anger. I forgot about that, but I want to get to this part. Before we get to talking about death, can we just talk about life? Because it's so easy to focus on killing, destruction, death, despair. And I just want to talk about life. I want to remind us that we come to church, yes, to be challenged, but also to be encouraged. And so, Larry, what I want you to know, maybe there's someone here. And God is saying, look, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son, whosoever. Maybe you're in the whosoever crowd. We'd be too arrogant to think that everybody who walk in the door already have a loving relationship with an almighty God. We do remember that we didn't always know him ourselves. For some of us, it may not have been in the church house, but some of us, maybe it was. Maybe it was a mess. Maybe it was the way you treated someone. And in that moment, maybe it was the choir that sung and made the heart soft. And maybe it was at that moment. So I'm saying to somebody, maybe you're here right now. Right here? Right here? Maybe you're here right now and you understand that God so loved the world. For you today, he said, if you accept him as Lord and Savior of your life, he said, your, your, your direction, your destiny can be changed. So I want you to know before we talk about death, I want to talk about life. It was Jesus who said in John 10, 10, who says, I'm the good shepherd. He said, please know and understand there is an adversary in this world. There is someone who can't stand you. There is someone who's plotting, someone who's working for your demise. And he's a thief with a plan to kill, steal, and destroy. Kill our dreams, kill our marriages, kill our, our, our reputation. And he uses each other. He uses circumstances. But that's not the end of the story. Jesus said, but I have come. That you might have life, an abundant life. Jesus says, listen, there is a rub. There is the flesh and the spirit. We got to get it because the enemy is coming. And if we're not careful, we're not hedged in, if we're not covered by the spirit of God, if we don't understand the truth, that when you say yes, John Paul, the moment you said yes, I believe in your heart, was, was true to God. He says the Holy Spirit will come in and abide in your heart. It's the spirit of truth. And the spirit of truth will give you the difference between truth and error. And when your flesh rises up and the adversary want to take you from here to there, and truth will speak and whisper in your ear. Truth will give you an opportunity for life, not death. The Holy Ghost. So Jesus said, I've come. But he said, I have to go. Because if I go, my Father in heaven will send an advocate. My Father in heaven will send the comforter. Life, not death right now. It was Philip. Jesus had spent time opening up in John 14 and said, listen, let not your heart be troubled. 
He said, believe in God, believe also in me. I got some promises in my father's house. There's many mansions, so I got you. Philip said, well, well, how do we know the way? Jesus said, listen, I've been spending all this time with you and you don't know the way? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to my father but by me. Regardless of your situation, the most important thing that you can do is accept Christ. That gives us everlasting life. So if you're here, you're like, well, Pastor, I did that. Talk to me about what to do about, about killing. Well, let's talk about it. Don't do it. <laughs> now unto him who's able to keep us from falling. No, we don't do the doxology just yet. Matthew 5.21, in our text, we find that, look, the unlawful premeditated killing of someone is a sinful act. Jesus says, can we take that a little deeper? Okay, here's what we want to talk about. Anger, bitterness, unmet expectations, disappointment creates for us anger and bitterness. Sometimes it's because we don't feel accepted. Sometimes it's because somebody gave us an attitude and we don't like the way they looked at us. Sometimes we're angry with people and they don't want really to know nothing about it. We got them in the prison of our mind and they are living in our mind rent free. And we all mad and can't get up in the morning because we gonna, can't believe they treat us that way. Anger and bitterness. Jesus said, look, you've heard of times of old. You've heard them say, because they've talked about it. Don't kill anybody, because then you'll be subject to the judgment. He's saying to us this morning, the word of God has come forth to say to us, don't even be angry with your brother or your sister for no reason. Without a cause. Just be, what is it? Look, be cautious of envy, jealousy, covetousness. There are some people, we just don't like them because why they get to have all that? Why they get favor? Why, why is it the people down the road, why is it that the, the wicked prospers? And why is it that the righteous suffer? So I'm mad about it. Do you have what you need? Well, yeah, he's providing. He bless you every once in a while with what you want. Yeah, but I don't have what they have. And we get all bitter. If we let anger sit there and we don't check it, it festers, and anger and disappointment turns into like a bitterness. You can, you can be around them and hear their voice and taste it. You can't stand them. What God is saying, what Jesus is saying, look, I know there's a physical sinful act of murder. He says, don't be murdering in your heart. He says, don't be harboring anger. Don't be killing people with how you, you, you're holding them in that space. And every time you see them, you crucify them in your heart. But Matthew 5, 18 says, out of the mouth proceeds the things of the heart. It's not what enters a man or a woman. It's not what we eat that defiles us. It's what comes out of our mouth. It's, it's, when our, it's what's in our hearts. So when we're thinking, oh, well, I'm good on that check. I don't kill anybody. I ain't going to kill nobody. But before we throw some rocks at folks that, that, that maybe 
had some misgivings and come here, Moses. All right, come, come, come on, David. Not right, but I'm just saying, what am I saying? God can use anybody. God don't want us to hurt each other. God don't want us to harm each other. Maybe you're here and you've done some things you're not proud of. Maybe you're here and you can't get it back. God says, I still can use you. God says, there might be some things that I can use you for that no one else can do. Rash anger without a cause is sin. It starts with anger. It gets to bitterness. It goes to resentment. It, then hatred and outrage. Before you know it, you, you're plotting. How you going to get them? Getting them may not be physical. But you know how to run their name down. You're not know and gossip. Killing their reputation. Killing. God says, be careful. What we talk about. He says, don't harm each other. Don't hurt each other. But deal with your anger. There's some unfinished business in our lives. If I had a sermon topic this morning, Brandon, you know what it would be? Unfinished business. Many of us are good with starting some stuff. But not, how many to-do lists have we started but we don't finish? If my wife is watching, she's probably saying, I'm telling you, every time you start a sentence, finish your sentence. Because you have some unfinished sentences that you keep starting and stopping. I hear you. There are some things in our lives, some anger, some bitterness, some things that we have started to work on. But because it's hard, we stop. There are some folks that we need to maybe call up or somebody that we need to say, can we go to lunch where we can just talk? Maybe you need to visit a grave site because there's been some things been holding on and we're trying to uh, meet an, uh, an expectation and that person not even around, but we're angry. Let it go. Anger is a natural passion that we have. God knew we would get angry. He said, be ye angry, but sin not. Work on what it means to, to have your anger under control. Work on being able to process through your bitterness. We're projecting anger, hurt, harm, and killing people with our slander because of somebody else. God is saying to us, be careful and unfinished business before the sun go down. Right here? Right here? Right here? Before the sun goes down. I pray that God would put it on our hearts. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Is it me? Is it me? Because if, if the bitterness goes unchecked, it's going to fester. I heard a long time ago, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Sometimes it's us. We didn't meet a certain expectation. We failed at something. We didn't get the job. We didn't get the degree. We didn't do this, the marriage, this, that. And so we hold ourselves in captivity. Won't, won't let ourselves go. God says, I got so much more. He said, but you got to be able to be upset about it, but do something about it. When we don't deal with the unfinished business, we give a foothold, we give a place for the adversary to come on in, start whispering, 
See, I knew they didn't like you. See, they did that on purpose. See, and all of a sudden, all that bitterness that was kind of, you keep pressing down, it starts to rise up. And before you know it, it's coming out of your mouth. And now you lost your job. And now your relationship is strange. All because of bitterness. Unfinished business. Colossians 3 and 12 says, look, make an allowance for each other's faults. Give them, give them some credit. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you. So must we forgive other people. Our Father who art in heaven, forgive us our trespasses. We forgive. Oh, that's right. Forgiveness. Unforgiveness. God says, let it go. If you've done your part and you've forgiven someone, that's your part. Let them go. Get yourself where you can move forward. Unfinished business. Um, I'm not going to do the forgiving servant. I did the forgiving servant. Um, it's already after 12, but there's something else. Get rid of slander. Matthew 5, is in our text. It says, if you call someone an idiot, I think it said raka in the King James. He says, then you're in danger of being brought before the court. You know, they had the Sanhedrin court, and they would make decisions, like 23 of them. Depends on how bad it was. But if you call someone uh, a fool in the King James, it says, if you curse someone, you're in danger of hell's fire. All of this started with anger. Don't kill. Matter of fact, don't even be angry. All of this started with what was in our hearts. God says, I love you so much. I do not want you to hurt each other. Stop talking about people. Stop calling them names. He says to us, be careful. There is a consequence for what we say. Because what's in our heart will come out of our mouths. Get rid of slander. There's some unfinished business. Colossians said, but now is the time. Right here? Right Somebody didn't check out. Right here? But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Now is the time. There's no way with the same tongue we can say hallelujah. I can't sing, but I wish I could. But at the same time, we say you this and you that, you fool, you idiot. You. Um, please hear what I'm about to say. My father was a great man. I really loved my dad. But my dad had, he was an abusive, verbally abusive, mainly to my mom. And I didn't understand it because my mother, I, I, um, sixth grade education, pregnant at 16. She and my dad married and stayed married until they both passed, loved each other. Just had some hard times coming up. But with her sixth grade education, because he didn't deal with who he was well, when he got angry, he verbally abused her. So he could feel better. We have to be cautious that we finish, deal with that situation, unpack it, figure out where it came from. Don't project it on other people. God says, I love you and I want you to love each other. How can I love you if you're calling me an idiot? 
even if I am. Can you say, hey, brother, I'm praying for you. Can we, can we work through that situation? Can I help you with this? Unfinished business. Don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and be like him. <sighs> all right. Be reconciled. Can we just deal with this for a little bit? You bring your altar, you bring your gift to the altar. I'm good. Do, 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 do. But then you remember. Oh, I ain't dealt with that situation. I got some unfinished business. Jesus said, so if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar and in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, somebody got something, you know that it's a problem. You know it. You remember it. It's not like you don't know. Leave your sacrifice at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. By the way, that person you're talking about, it's not a random person. It's a child of the king. It's a brother, a sister in Christ. It is someone who is part of the body of Christ. This is not going to put yourself necessarily in harm's way unless that person has really fallen away. It's going to a brother or sister so you can reconcile. Because if you reconcile, if you go to them, Matthew 18, and you're able to win them over, you've gained a brother or a sister. You go to them and they don't hear you, you get one or two, and you go and you talk about it. If they don't hear you, you go before the church. If they don't hear you, the Bible says, then, you know, consider them a pagan, consider them a tax collective, someone with bad reputation. Be reconciled. But even in the person who doesn't receive it the first, second, third, fourth time, he says, treat them like a tax collector or a pagan. Do you know that tax collectors are restorable? Do you know that Matthew was a tax collector? Do you remember Levi? Yes, they fall away. Yes, they backslide. Yes. But do you know they can be restored? Be ye reconciled. God says, I'm not pleased if we come like everything is all right. And we know there's an issue. God says, go deal with it. There's some unfinished business in our lives. Right here? Right <sighs> James 5. We're going to tell the story and we're going to go. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, brethren, sisters, body of Christ believer, those who are a child of God, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converted the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. It's worth it. It's hard. But don't give up. Be reconciled. All right, so here's the story, and I'm, I'm not going to get all the way through it. Am I my brother's keeper? Thou shalt not kill. So the way I see it, thou shalt be a keeper of the brethren. <laughs> In Genesis 4, the very first murder, Adam and Eve had a son. His name was Cain. Had a second son. His name was Abel. Cain 
was someone who was, um, he was keeper of the crops, the grains and the ground. Abel was keeper of the flock in the field. He had the cattle. There came a time that an offering would be brought forth. The Bible says that Cain, uh, he, he brought something. He, he, he brought a portion of his crop, of his grain, of his fruit. But he said Abel. He said Abel brought his firstlings. Abel brought the fat of the calf. He brought the best that he had. And God found favor with Abel because he gave him his best. Cain, he didn't respect it because he just gave him what he wanted to give. God came to both of them and um, first of all, the Bible says that Cain got mad. He was angry and it was all over his face. You know, when you get real angry, you can't hide it. Like, 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 I don't know why your faces just naturally do that. Like, if, if something in your heart, you get ready, you can't really control that. You can try, but it's going to be something in your mannerisms that's different. People going to know. You know what our flesh does? Sometimes our flesh want people to know. I'm angry. <laughs> so Cain was angry, and God said, it's written all over your face. So Cain told his brother, Abel said, hey, let's go out into the field. Come on, let's go play in the playground. Well, yeah, dear, I don't know if you're here or not. Let's go in the field. And as those was out there playing, anger turned to bitterness, turned to an attack. Cain killed his brother Abel. And after he killed him, God came to him and said, Cain, where's your brother? All kind of attitude. Am I my brother's keeper? God said, what have you done? When he asked them, why are you angry? It was an opportunity to repent. When he asked them, where's your brother? It was an opportunity to repent. When he says, what have you done? After all of that, it was an opportunity to repent. He did not repent. Genesis 4.25, God says, I got you. I know Abel is gone. But if you read the text, God gave Adam and Eve another son. And his name was Seth, the appointed one, the replacement, the substitute. Can I just say this? On a hill called Calvary. <laughs> I'm closing now. On a hill called Calvary. While I, the wages of sin is death. Jesus gave his life as a substitute. It wasn't the first time I heard the word that I said, yes, Lord. It wasn't the second time, oh, we, we say, how could Cain? Wasn't it the second time I heard the word or the third? It was a number of times that he came into my life till finally I said, yes. The same Jesus, the same blood that covered can cover you. Man, I'm preaching a while. I'm, let's close. Let's close. Maybe you're here and there's an unfinished business. And unfinished business is you've not said yes to the Lord. 
that your heart, you've been there, you started, but you didn't really go. You worry about what people's going to say. You worry about tomorrow. The unfinished business is there. And I'm saying, look, right here, right now, give your life. And if you have, let's go. There's work to be done, so finish the work. Forgive. Let it go. Reconcile. Amen? Amen. If you love the Lord, and you're not playing with me now, you love the Lord with all your heart, say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we can stand on our feet. It's time to go. Come on, we're going to have one more because they're about to praise us. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Stay on your feet. Make sure we give them our undivided attention. They're going to fill our hearts right here and right now. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. To find out more about Hope Elam, follow us on Instagram at hope.elam or visit our website at hope-elam.org.